Hello, welcome back to another episode of Cranial Nerve. This is series one, episode two of uh, Cranial Nerves. Um, today I'm going to be focusing on the olfactory nerve and um, I'm going to be talking about, um, you know, the anatomy of it um, and what sort of symptom people present with cranial nerve palsies and what sort of thing to examine uh, when we examine the cranial nerves. Complaints about disorders of a sense of smell are relatively common, actually. Um, they are sometimes almost unnoticed by patients and tend to be downplayed by clinicians. Loss of olfaction is often an underestimated disability. It is of great importance in the professions where differentiation of complex orders is vital. Although seldom regarded as a major uh, disability, anosmia or hyposmia may be the first manifestation of a serious underlying condition. Olfaction can be difficult to test in practice and is often not examined routinely. The functional anatomy of the cranial nerve 1 uh, or the olfactory nerve is quite complex and is beyond this lecture to go into detail. Uh, one thing that's important to remember is that humans have two nasochemosensory systems. So we've got the olfactory nerve system, which is responsible for detecting orders, and the trigeminal afferent that respond to irritant things in high concentrations such as ammonia or detergents or even the sensation of coolness that you get from, say, a menthol vapour. So in patients with anosmia resulting from lesion of the olfactory nerve, the response to nasal irritation from ammonia or menthol is still preserved. Now, in terms of symptoms, anosmia refers to complete loss of sense of smell. And when we say partial anosmia, it actually means that there is a loss of ability to detect certain smells. To make things more complicated, we also have terms for, uh, you know, a diminished sense of smell, which we call a dysosmia. So dysosmia is a distorted sense of smell, such as when pleasant orders smell unpleasant. And to make things even more complicated, we have another term called phantasmia, which refers to a sensation of smell that is constantly present in the absence of objective order. Patients with impaired olfactory function also usually complain of loss of taste. This is because most of the perceived flavour of food is derived from smell rather than taste. You can do this by occluding your nostril and trying tasting your food or drink. It's quite difficult to appreciate the flavour. The four basic tastes, sweet, sour, salty and bitter, are subserved by cranial nerve 5, 7 and 9. The actually remain intact in the patient with anosmia. Many people with gradual loss of smell over many years are in fact unaware of the problem. Dysosmia and phantasmia, often with the perception of a foul or medical order, may occur during olfactory epithelium degeneration and regeneration. This can simply be a result of an upper respiratory tract infection or paranasal sinus infection or following a head trauma. These complaints are also noted frequently following cancer chemotherapy and cranial radiotherapy. And the recovery is usual but not invariable. Again, it's important to determine the tempo of onset and to distinguish clinically between total bilateral loss of sense of smell and unilateral loss. And this can be quite difficult for the patient to distinguish, but it can be formally tested uh, using the University of Pennsylvania Smell Identification Test. And a red flag to remember here is that a unilateral loss of sense of smell, um, it points you towards a lateralized lesion of the olfactory system. 
a history of local nasal symptoms indicative of nasal congestion, allergic rhinitis, sinusitis should be sore. A recent upper respiratory tract infection may be relevant in the history. And in terms of a past medical issue, it's really important to ask about head injuries, any exposure to toxic fumes, drugs, previous chemotherapy or radiotherapy, any excessive alcohol use, um, smoking history would be relevant here, and always ask about illicit drugs such as cocaine, and um, consider the systemic diseases that the patient suffers from, and is there any features of Parkinson's disease, because it's one of the early signs um, that uh, they present with anosmia. And again, if you have patient with cognitive impairment, again, it can lead uh, you to various differentials. A rare form of an anosmia is called the Kalman syndrome, which is a result of failure of the olfactory lobe to develop with secondary hypogonism caused by gonadotropic hormonal deficiency. Now we're going to talk about some of the causes of anosmia. Olfactory disorders are caused either by transport disorders brought about by local obstruction of nasal passages or simply by sensory neuronal impairment from damage to the olfactory neuroepithelium, olfactory nerve or its central connections. A common example of um, you know, reduction in the sense of smell is actually due to ageing. About half of the population between the age of 65 and 80 years have significant impairment of sense of smell. This is an interesting fact because we often see loss of appetite in, in the elderly population. This is likely due to reduction in olfactory receptors and neurons um, as we age and or perhaps due to cumulative changes um, to the structure caused by damages from the viruses and uh, the degenerative process itself. And in some cases, the bone growth around the ethmoid leading to compression of the olfactory filler may be a cause. We briefly talked about the viral upper respiratory tract infection, including the common cold and influenza, which are probably the most common cause of permanent loss of smell and the damages to the olfactory epithelium and receptors including the basal cells from which receptor cells regenerate is probably the cause of this anosmia. A wide variety of allergic and infective nasal disorders including chronic rhinitis and sinusitis as well as disorders causing nasal obstruction may all be associated with anosmia. Now let's talk about trauma and surgery and its association with either transient or permanent anosmia. Acceleration and deceleration of the brain following injury can shear the delicate olfactory filler as they pass through the cribriform plate of the ethmoid, with or without fracture of the cribriform plate itself. A fall onto the occipital region can cause this without loss of consciousness, sometime with frontal lobe, contracrup injury. Anosmia is also associated with more severe traumatic brain injury with evident damage to the olfactory bulb and frontal cortical and subcortical structures. Nasal trauma may also be a contributing factor in some cases. Transient dysosmia can occur soon after injury. Recovery of olfactory function occurs in about 30 to 40% of patients, but is unlikely if symptoms persist for more than a year. Anosmia unilateral or bilateral can follow surgery to the subfrontal region, sometime with persistent CSF leak or cerebrospinal fluid leak 
and risk of meningitis. Now we're going to move on to the neurodegenerative condition and its association with impaired sense of smell. The impaired olfactory function has been well described in Parkinson's disease, dementia with lower bodies, Alzheimer's disease, Huntington disease, motor neuron disease, Korsakoff syndrome and multiple sclerosis to name a few. In Parkinson's disease, the anterior olfactory structures including the olfactory bulb and anterior olfactory nucleus have been shown to be involved with Lewy body formation at an early stage of the disease. This is also seen in Alzheimer's disease with profound neuronal loss around the olfactory bulb and limbic brain region. Areas that receive olfactory input becomes heavily laden with neurofibrillary tangles and plaques. In multiple sclerosis, the olfactory loss is in direct proportion to the burden of the demyelinating lesion in the areas of the brain associated with the olfactory processing, i.e. the frontal and the temporal region. In idiopathic Parkinson's disease, hyposmia predates the onset of motor symptom often by many years or even decades. Impaired olfactory function is found up to 90% of patients with Parkinson's disease, irrespective of disease duration or severity. Perception of certain odours such as petrol, banana, smoke and cinnamon seem to be the last preferentially and detailed testing. Demonstration of hyposmia may be useful in differential diagnosis of Parkinsonian disorders because of other extrapyramidal disorders such as progressive supranuclear palsy, vascular Parkinsonism and cortical vasodegeneration are not associated with an increased prevalence of impaired olfaction than age match controls. However, hyposmia is sometimes seen in multiple system atrophy. There has been recent interest in olfactory testing as a biomarker of preclinical Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease. Now let's talk about other causes of olfactory dysfunction. Olfactory groove meningiomas are an important, if rare, cause of unilateral anosmia. Impairment of smell may be the only or principal symptom of this treatable disorder. Eventually, unilateral visual loss resulting from posterior extension to involve the optic nerve and dementia because of the frontal lobe involvement may follow. Other structural lesions such as pituitary tumours and aneurysm may also compress the olfactory tract below the frontal lobes. Toxic exposure to a wide variety of industrial agents including acids, acetone, solvents and benzene have been anecdotally related to impaired smell, possibly because of direct damage to the olfactory receptor cells in some cases. The highly metabolically active receptor cells are also vulnerable to exposure to a number of drugs including antibiotics, anti-inflammatory agent, antithyroid drugs, anti-metabolites and chemotherapeutic agent or radiotherapy agent. The latter two can irreversibly damage the ability of olfactory receptor cells to proliferate. Similarly, cigarette smoking impairs olfactory ability, usually with recovery after the abstinence. A variety of medical disorders such as cirrhosis, renal failure, hypothyroidism and vitamin deficiency, particularly vitamin A, B6 and B12, can cause impaired olfaction. Olfactory receptor cells may be congenitally absent, uh, as previously mentioned in Kalman syndrome, Turner syndrome and albinism. Damage to the cortical structures involved in olfactory processing can lead to impaired 
order identification or impaired of recognition memory, but rarely to total anosmia. Olfactory hallucinations are well recognized as part of the aura preceding a temporal lobe seizure, such as hallucinations rarely occur as a sole manifestation of a seizure. An unpleasant but stereotyped smell is usually described, but is rarely an identifiable odor. Olfactory hallucination may also occur in depression, schizophrenia, and alcohol withdrawal. The complaint of a constant um, foul smell or of a distortion of smell with everything smelling unpleasant may sometimes be a result of suppurative paranasal sinus infection, but is most often psychotic origin or associated with depressive illness. So in summary, the olfactory nerve is really important and it should be part of any cranial nerve examination and part of a history taking which can guide you toward various differentials. And we also mentioned that patient may not recognize a problem unless it is essential for work or hobbies. Example, a chef um, will certainly um, complain about anosmia, um, but other person would not really care about it. So it's important to uh, question specifically. We also talked about the nose is supplied by the olfactory and trigeminal nerve, so irritants like ammonial detergents uh, can be misleading as it can stimulate the trigeminal nerve. And we also talked about uh, the use of University of Pennsylvania smell identification test, but again, an award round with limited um, bedside products, I think. You can use orange peel, uh, coffee is a good example. And in terms of neurodegenerative condition, um, things like an idiopathic Parkinson's disease, up to 90% um, complain of uh, anosmia. So, and it's good to ask in history and examination. And finally, we talked about some of the rare causes of anosmia, things like Kausman syndrome, uh, olfactory groove meningioma, etc. I hope you found this podcast useful to give you an overview of the cranial nerve one. Um, and I'm always, you know, uh, open to any suggestion for improvement. You can leave a comment on my uh, Instagram page uh, at neurology.pa. Um, and um, thank you again for listening.